everyone and welcome to Diversify Her. I'm your host Raven Hayward and today I am joined by Miss Melody Birmingham. She is an Executive Vice President of NISource and Group President NISource Utilities Responsible for leading the company's six-state gas and electric business. Prior to her current role, she served as the Executive Vice President and Chief Innovation Officer for NISource, which was responsible for the company's transformation office, information technology, communications, customer aviation, real estate, corporate security, and supply change management. Her prior experience also includes serving as Duke Energy Corporation's SVP and Chief Administration Administrative Officer, State President of Duke Energy Indiana, and SVP of Midwest Delivery Operations. Thank you so much for being here with me. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and thank you so much for having me, Raven. Of course, it's such an honor to be able to have this conversation with you today. I'd like you to first start off by telling us about your journey to how you got to where you are today, and what were some of those key milestones or experiences that have shaped your career? Okay, excellent question. And again, I want to thank you for the invitation, and like I um was sharing with you earlier, I just applaud you and the work that you're doing using your platform to, to help showcase um, Black women like myself in business to help tell our story. Um, my journey is a journey that, you know, isn't, isn't one that you, you hear about often, um, but it's one that is possible. I started as a child growing up in the inner city of Chicago, youngest of seven children, attended public schools um, in Chicago, and decided that I wanted to break out and do something different than everyone else was doing, um, go to a university away from where everyone else was going, and uh, learn how to be independent and eventually grow up. So I left Chicago. I went off to school at Purdue University, which is in the Midwest in um, Indiana, and I left home at the age of 17. Starting there, I started my degree in accounting um, at Purdue University, but later in my academic career, I changed my degree um, to what is called Polytechnic. It's part of the Polytechnic Institute where my primary focus and interest and passion was around organizational leadership and development. And what that was, was a combination of our business school and our engineering school pulling together to not only take concepts and theory, but also help students who were going into business understand application and how to lead organizations and people. So I changed the degree. And um, as a result, I had a number of job offers. Um, before I graduated from college, actually, I had five or six job offers and decided to go with one um, which was close and near and dear to my heart since my family, many of my family members were blue collar workers and had worked in automotive manufacturing as union employees. So I decided that I would accept one of the positions that was offered to me with General Motors um, as a frontline supervisor, which was a management position. So I graduated, I walked across the stage, I kept walking, I didn't stay for all of the celebration afterwards because I had a job that I was scheduled to begin that following Monday. 
So I walked across the stage, I received the degree and I walked out the door and I had my U-Haul packed with my car hitched to the back and drove from Indiana to upstate New York so that I can begin my first job as a supervisor. So my entire career, I'll let you know, has been in management. I've always been a leader um, in management throughout my entire career since that first job out of college. Um, went there, I was the only African-American female. I was the youngest person coming from, originally from Chicago, graduating with a degree from Indiana and moved to upstate New York. Um, not a lot to do there, not many people who look like me, which is a common thing throughout my career. However, I had something to prove. And what I wanted to prove was that employees in unionized environments, manufacturing high volume environments, deserve to be seen and heard and respected and valued, not just as a number, but as a person and someone who is contributing to the success, success of the company. And I wanted to make sure that as a leader, I led my teams with respect, I led my teams with excellence, and I led them with high expectations of performance, and they always knew that I would support them throughout that journey. Um, and the reason I was so passionate about that, as I said earlier, a number of my family members had worked in automotive manufacturing and growing up, I heard a lot about how people were being treated by their managers. They weren't being um, spoken to in a respectful manner. You know, they were put in work environments that may not have been safe. Um, they weren't allowed to take breaks when they should have been taking breaks. And they just felt devalued, demoralized, and um, discontent. So I knew there had to be a better way. And I knew that if there were other parents like my parents and other family members like my family members who went to work every day to work hard, a, you know, a hard, uh, fair day of work for a fair day of pay, they should be treated with respect and valued. And so that's what I wanted to do and prove to my mother, who was really um, my motivation for everything that I did throughout my career, that it could be done. So that's where I started. Uh, my journey has not been a journey that has gone you know, straight up. It hasn't been a journey where I have worked in one industry, in one city, in one state, for one company. My journey has been one where I've worked in uh, multiple industries, primarily two industries, automotive manufacturing, as well as electric and gas utilities. Um, it has been one where I've had to relocate for my company six times, and I've worked for multiple companies, three companies, and I've worked in a total of, I think, 15 or 16 different positions throughout my career, such that I am now at a level which is called the C-suite, which is the highest level in the company, um, to where I can now take that same passion and motivation and empathy that I have for people, as well as my drive for performance results and success, I can now take those attributes that I have and have greater influence across the organization, um, just like I did when I was a frontline leader doing those same things with a smaller team. Yeah. Wow, I think that's incredible. And just hearing the backstory that you gave us and even to the position that you currently hold now, I think 
you're one of the very few guests that I've had on to come on to my podcast where you've held multiple positions and now you're in a C-suite position. So Mm -hmm. through those multiple positions that you were holding and to get to the place of where you are now as a Mm -hmm. Black woman, how do you feel that that experience has really shifted the way that you were either respected or looked at with the roles that you held? Absolutely. As I shared earlier, um, the roles that I've served in, the majority of the roles that I've been in, if you know anything about the utility industry, it's primarily dominated by white men. Um, And so I've always been in positions of leadership. So I've gone into roles, into states, cities, towns, um, and departments where I was the first. And this is dating back 26, 27, 28 years ago. Uh, where I was the first woman, I was the first African-American woman, I was the first what you would call um, uh, Gen X or Gen Z woman, because I was young going into those roles. I was usually younger than all of my peers. What I will tell you in terms of, you know, how I approach these roles and how these roles approached me, I went in with a a fearless mindset because I was raised by a strong mother. So I knew that anywhere I went, I deserved to be in that place, not necessarily in the position that I was in, but in the place where I was. So I always had this belief or sense of fearlessness and that I can go anywhere and do anything because I deserve to. Um, I have a very strong um, faith. So I'm rooted in my faith. And I know through God, all things are possible. I always told myself, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That was my pep talk I would always give to myself when I started to doubt myself. So I knew that although I was away on my own, away from my family, I didn't have friends, that I still wasn't alone because I was living out the dream of my mother and my grandmother and my ancestors. I knew that I was standing on the shoulders of people who came before me, but they didn't have the same level of confidence that I had or fearlessness that I had to take that next step forward. They didn't have the um, attitude of, you know, I can do it. I don't, I've never done it before, but you give me the opportunity. I can learn how to do it. So I was never comfortable. I trained myself to be uncomfortable. And so I went into these roles. I went into these jobs knowing that I was okay with being uncomfortable until I applied myself to learn the job and could show others that I'm capable of doing the job. When I went into these various positions, upstate New York, I was young African-American female, had all white male um, employees, and I was overseeing um, our um, trucking and logistics um, department for General Motors. Um, The guys, you know, they were a little jokey jokey initially because they said I was, you know, I was green or wet behind the ears. I'm young. I'm just coming from college with my degree to back me up. But what they failed to recognize was the fact that I came in with experience. Although I did not have the work experience, 
I had the experience of my families who worked in similar conditions. I knew the issues they dealt with. They were union employees, so I understood the bargaining unit rules. So when I came in, they were expecting someone who was a bit more naive, someone who was a bit more, um, like I said, you know, joked around and was looking to build friends. I was there to, to take care of business. And I was able to take care of business in a way and to be able to speak to them in a way in which they knew what I was talking about. Um, I was always, and I'll share with you, this is something I've done throughout my career. I always believed in being fair, firm, and consistent. And so being fair, treating people fairly, treating them the way they deserve to be treated, firm in that I would always let you know what my expectations were and never waver so that you knew that I expected more from you because I believe you could do more. But I was always consistent and not having favorites, not having you know, using preferential treatment, whether you were male, female, black, white, it was always consistent treatment. So as a result of that, I believe I garnered the respect of those who worked for me. And that has been a theme throughout my career. When I hear of other people who say how difficult it was for them on their journey, I went in with the expectation of being respected because I knew that's what I would give is respect. I also went in understanding that, yes, I'm different, but I have to recognize the fact that they've never worked with anyone who looks like me either. So not only did I need to ensure that I was embraced, I wanted them to know that I embraced them too, because it goes both ways. And so one, just being knowledgeable, Two, having confidence and uh, a faith that I, I relied on um, quite often. And then three, you know, just being fair and um, willing to um, learn, humbling myself and that I didn't tout my degree. You know, there were things I may have known, but I didn't throw that in their face. I took time to learn from them as well. So then they felt more comfortable with me. Um, so my journey was one to where I felt as if I was received, supported, and respected in those roles that I held where I was the only one, I was the first one, but fortunately, not the last. Mm, I think you dropped a lot of golden nuggets in there with bringing up your faith in those three main components of, you know, being fair and firm and consistent, and you talking about having to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think mm -hmm. that that's something that I've heard a lot, um, especially with our generation, Gen Z, about to enter the workplace and us trying to get experience with internships and building our resumes. I think something that's hard for us is having to hear the words no, or, right. you know, understanding that there is adversity that will come with the roles that we're in. And especially with myself identifying as a young Black woman, and going mm -hmm. into these fields that are predominantly white male, I think mm -hmm. for something that you highlighted is understanding that, you know, I will have knowledge, but it will be different for them just as the same that it will be different for me. And mm -hmm. knowing how to play to my strengths is something that's important and that I've been hearing a lot about. Um, but you've been recognized as one of the most powerful women in corporate America. 
And I know that you've received several prestigious awards and honors. And I want to know how these accolades have impacted your career or your personal growth and what significance do they hold for you? Because I know for me, you are a role model for me. You know, I see all the amazing things that you've done, hearing how you speak so eloquently and you're so humble about it, but you've accomplished a lot. And so I want to know what significance do these things hold for you? I appreciate that. You know, and I have been, um, I'm, I'm extremely humbled by the recognition that I've received in the, the roles that I've served in. Um, but what I've done throughout my career was work that I loved. And if I didn't love it, I didn't do it. So when you love what you do, and you're doing it for the right reasons, I believe you will thrive and you will shine where others will see that light. And so I've been very fortunate where, you know, others, other organizations, other entities, you know, whether it's through the promotions that I've received um, that I didn't apply for. I've had, like I told you, 15 or 16 positions. I've only applied for one job. Um, And so very humbled with those um, achievements. However, I will tell you that I never did them for me. Um, I shared with you that my mother was everything to me. She was my role model. Um, she was a mother of eight, seven children who lived you know, for the majority of my life. And she was a hard worker. She was a woman of faith. She was a woman of dignity. Um, She had moved from the South at a young age coming out of the depression. And she always taught her children without talking about teaching us. She taught us through her actions. She taught us how to be fiscal conservatives. She taught us how to um, take care of the things that we own and to how to become an owner, um, you know, when you are able to um, establish yourself and work, work towards ownership. She taught us how to save. That was something very important to someone who didn't make a lot of money. She was a consummate saver. And she also taught us how to give. She was very um, giving um, of her time, as well as of the little that she had, she always gave to the church or she gave to people in need. And so I wanted to show my mother through my works that what she had done throughout her life was not in vain. What she had not accomplished with her own education, what she had not accomplished with her own career, I wanted her to see her works, her investments come through me. And so every time I received, you know, an award, you know, a recognition, employees would write me handwritten notes of how much they appreciated me as their leader and didn't want to see me go when I when I was moving on to a new role. I always took that back to her. And it was almost as if, you know, you you get something and you run to your mom saying, look, mom, look what I got. So I would always take it back to her because it wasn't mine alone. It was for both of us. And many times my mother didn't even know what I did. She didn't know what my job entailed. 
And it really didn't matter to her. I think what mattered to her is that I was operating as a leader with a high degree of ethics, integrity, and morals, and that I treated people well, um, and I didn't push myself too hard. That's what she always got on me about, pushing myself so hard. But the achievements that I received, and I have another office where I have a full wall of these things um, at my home in Charlotte, they, they're nice. They're what people, when they see me, my background, um, when I'm in meetings, they call wall candy. It's wall candy. A lot of wall candy I have. They were really, um, they were for her. And so they were for her initially until I had children. And when I had children, it was important for me that my firstborn, who was my son, could see what a woman could do. It was important for me that he understood and appreciated what a woman was capable of in business and how others saw her contributions and recognized those contributions because I wanted him to respect, grow up respecting the hard work of Black women. Um, I've been a divorce mom for over 12 years, and so I've raised my children on my own while continuing to progress throughout my career while continuing to work with my children and spend quality time with them and invest in my kids as well. So it was important for me that my son would see that so that if and when he decided to marry and if, if and when he decided to marry a black woman, he would respect what she does, respect what she's capable of and be prepared to support her throughout her journey. That was my other motivation outside of my mother. And then my second and last born was my daughter. So what I did and what I'm doing is so she could see herself through me. I never had anyone before me do what I did. I didn't see it. So I wasn't sure if I could be it, but I said, you know, I need to try. I need to at least try to build a bridge for other people to cross. I need to at least try to be an example for my children to follow or for my mother to be proud of. So that was my other motivation is, one, for my mother to give back to her what she wasn't able to give to herself. For my son, so that he could appreciate and respect the role and the work of a Black woman and one who's able to balance home and work. And for my daughter, so that she could see what she could potentially be. And I want her to be better than me, which is, you know, so oftentimes we, we don't do enough of as we're raising our children. So that was my motivation. That's what drives me. Unfortunately, I lost my mother right at the beginning of COVID. And so many people knew, um, you know, those achievements didn't mean as much to me because, again, I didn't have her to share them with. And so as I'm continuing to be recognized, you know, I, I still realize that I have my children to share it with, but they were really for her. Well, I think that's a beautiful thing. and I'm sorry for your loss, but I know that she's looking down from heaven and I know she's so proud of everything that you've done and your beautiful family that you've had and just the fact that you're able to really show and you're living proof that it is possible. You are representation. You're the representation that we need, that we've longed for. And like I've said multiple times, you truly are someone that I look up to. So I'm so grateful that you're able to come onto my podcast and share your journey and drop all of these golden nuggets and just share your beautiful story. 
And so as we come to the end of this episode, Mm -hmm. I have a Mm -hmm. signature question that I ask, which is Mm -hmm. what's one piece of advice that you would give Gen Z to go out and diversify themselves? Okay. To go out and diversify themselves. Again, I would go back to be comfortable being uncomfortable. If you are comfortable, then you are operating in a steady state. You're operating in a familiar environment around people you know. You're operating with something that is completely familiar to you, but it may not stretch your thinking. It may not allow you to add another tool to your tool belt. It may not allow you to find opportunities that otherwise would not have been in that familiar, comfortable place. When you're uncomfortable, you're doing things that you may not have done before. You're learning things that you may not have thought possible. You're taking chances and you're taking risks that allow you to grow. It allows you to become multifaceted, cross-pollinated in many things, such that there are more opportunities that are available to you as opposed to just being you know, good at one thing. Um, So don't limit yourself in where you work, what you do, where you uh, live, uh, who you interact with and who you work with. Don't limit yourself in the assignments you accept. As long as you know you have the desire, the passion, the the know-how, you know, know how to get things done. You may not know that specific job, but you know how to get things done and that you leverage people who could help you. You can go into uncomfortable places. You can learn quickly and you show others how adaptable you are and how resilient you are to where they want you to be a part of their team. And it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good doing something that you didn't otherwise think were possible. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I think that's great advice. And that is something that I will continue to carry along with me and making sure that in those moments where I do face adversity, I have to understand that, you know, it's teaching me a lesson. I will, you know, be better from it. And Mm -hmm. I can always carry that experience with me onto something else. Um, So if there's any of my listeners who would like to connect with you or have follow-up questions, where can they best reach you at? Yes. If there are individuals who have follow-up questions, um, you can reach me at MissBham01 at gmail.com. That's M-S-B-H-A-M. Zero one at gmail.com. Perfect. And I'll have that listed in the description below. Thank you so much again for coming on today. I hope that our relationship does not stop here. I will definitely continue to reach out to you, um, seeking mentorship. And I just know that you have so many more golden nuggets and gems to share with me from all the experience that you've had with Corporate America. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I'll catch you next time on Diversify Her.